0: The thing that gets me sometimes is the sounds. Sometimes you'll just hear some animal and it sounds like nothing you've ever heard before and you can't imagine it being anything like any animal you've ever even heard of. That combined with pitch blackness of the woods can creep you the F out. Worst one was a couple months ago sitting under a tarp because it was raining a bit, small fire going a bit away with no other light. Heard a sound with a rhythm you would expect from a bird, but with a deeper sound than any bird ever. Sound continues to repeat every couple seconds and slowly gets louder like it's getting closer. Then stops. Never heard it again. But those couple minutes until I convinced myself it was gone. I was creeped the F out no doubt. I'm really late to the thread, but one of the dads in my scout troop spent some time doing photography for National Geographic. He would hike out to remote places alone and take photos for a few days. Well, one time he was developing his photography and he saw a bunch of photos of him sleeping. He said he quit shortly after that. Growing up on a farm, I was well acquainted with the strict nature of my father. He was a man of unwavering principles, and one rule he held steadfastly was to keep me away from the nearby forest. As a curious child, I often found myself yearning to explore the mysterious depths of those towering trees, but my father's warning echoed in my mind like an unyielding command. The reason behind his strictness was a story that haunted our farm, a story whispered among the locals. Bigfoot, an elusive creature, had been making appearances near our land, causing distress and wreaking havoc. Animals, it was said, had fallen victim to its voracious appetite. But my father, in his usual stern manner, provided no further details. He spoke of the incidents in vague terms leaving the specifics of the stolen animals shrouded in uncertainty. It had been a year and a half since those mysterious encounters began, casting a shadow of fear and apprehension over our lives. The mere mention of Bigfoot sent shivers down my spine, and my father's protectiveness intensified as he sought to shield me from the perceived danger lurking in the forest's depths. Yet, as I grew older... My curiosity mingled with a longing to unravel the truth behind the tales that swirled around us. The forest beckoned to me, its ancient trees whispering secrets that begged to be discovered. Despite my father's stern warnings, I couldn't suppress the desire to challenge his restrictions and venture closer to the forbidden realm. One fateful day, driven by a mix of fear and fascination, I made my way toward the edge of the forest. The air was heavy with anticipation, a palpable sense of the unknown that enveloped me. With each step, I felt my heart pounding in my chest, a symphony of excitement and trepidation echoing in my ears. As I neared the forest's boundary, a strange sensation washed over me, a mingling of awe and reverence. The canopy of trees above seemed to create a sanctuary of mystery shielding the secrets within from prying eyes. It was within this ethereal space that Bigfoot had allegedly roamed, leaving a trail of uncertainty in its wake. Silently I pressed on, my senses attuned to every rustle and whisper in the undergrowth. The forest seemed to hold its breath, as if aware of my intrusion. The stolen animals lingered in my thoughts, their fate and the purpose behind their abduction A riddle yet to be solved. In the depths of the forest, time seemed to blur. The boundaries between reality and myth blending into one. My eyes darted from shadow to shadow, searching for any signs of Bigfoot's presence. Each snap of a twig sent my heart racing, my imagination conjuring images of the elusive creature lurking just out of sight. But as I ventured deeper into the forest's embrace, A realization began to take hold. The stories that had haunted our farm were nothing more than fragments of folklore, woven into the fabric of our collective consciousness. The stolen animals, the fear that gripped us, all seemed to lose their hold on my mind. In that moment, standing amidst the tranquil beauty of nature, I understood the significance of my father's strictness. It was not solely driven by the fear of a mythical creature, but rather a father's love, an earnest attempt to shield his daughter from the dangers that lurked beyond our known world. Hunted near feline rescue center and bow hunting one day, I saw a jaguar walking through the woods. It had escaped from the makeshift zoo this guy was running out of his house. I told him his cat was out in the woods. He denies it, and said that it was still in the fence, although he had a quarter of beef hanging on the outside of his fence, trying to get it to come back. It was out for several weeks, and other people in the area saw it as well. It was even a story in the local paper. Finally, he got it back into his fenced area. He has about 100 cats. Lions, leopards, jags. He takes them in from closed zoos, circus, and anybody that had a cat as a pet and wants to get rid of it. You can Google it. Feline Rescue Center Center Point, Indiana. Got stalked by a mountain lion on a hike. It was late at night. We're in a group of about five, and didn't have enough flashlights to go around, so we gave one to the person in front, and one to me in back. I felt like I was being watched, and so I real quick flashed the light around and turned my head, saw a pair of green eyes attached to a body slink back off the trail a little bit. Our light wasn't powerful enough to get a super good bead on it, but every 30 seconds or so thereafter, I would turn around and flash the light up the trail. Probably saw something about 75% of my turnarounds. It followed us for probably half hour, until we were 10 minutes from the cars. The people I was hiking with didn't notice, and mountain lions don't often jump large groups of adults. But I wasn't really about, statistically, we're probably fine at that point. No one else noticed. And I didn't say a word while it was following us really didn't want to run the risk of a panic. I'll never forget the story my co worker shared with me about their encounter in a remote forest in Canada. It was during their bird surveying expedition when they stumbled upon something that sent shivers down their spine. The memory of their experience has haunted me ever since. As they ventured deeper into the forest, following the sounds of chirping birds, my co worker came across an abandoned campsite. It appeared to have been left untouched for several years, probably around five to ten years. The tent had collapsed, worn down by time and the elements, but the rest of the campsite seemed eerily intact. A clothesline stretched between two trees, swaying gently in the breeze. Dishes lay scattered on the ground, covered in a thick layer of dirt and fallen leaves. Other miscellaneous items were strewn about, hinting at the presence of past campers. It was as if time had stopped in this forgotten corner of the forest. My co-workers' initial curiosity quickly turned into a sense of unease. There was an eerie silence surrounding the campsite, broken only by the rustling of leaves under their feet. Despite the absence of any apparent danger or signs of foul play, an unexplainable feeling of dread washed over them. With an instinctive sense of self-preservation, my co-worker decided to abandon any further exploration of the campsite. They made a swift exit, not daring to peek inside the collapsed tent. The mystery of what had transpired in that desolate campsite was left unsolved buried beneath layers of nature's disguise. To this day, I find myself unable to shake the morbid curiosity that grips me whenever I think about that campsite. What had happened there? Why was everything left untouched? What had driven my co-worker to hastily retreat without investigating further? It's a chilling reminder that there are countless untold stories hidden within the depths of our world. Sometimes it's better to let those mysteries lie undisturbed, preserving their enigmatic allure. But the haunting curiosity lingers, forever tugging at the edges of my mind, begging for answers that may never be found. Let's start off with my granddaughter, Anna, who is a toddler with sensitive abilities. I understand if it seems unbelievable, but it is basically being more tuned to unnatural occurrences. I am also sensitive. A began not wanting to be in her room from about one month of age. This has severely escalated. She has been waking up anywhere from 2-3 AM each night, screaming as if she is terrified and will not go back to sleep until 8-9 AM. Her parents cannot put her back in her room. She is so terrified. They take her to the main level and attempt to get her back to sleep. When I was watching her about a month ago, I was changing her diaper in her room. She kept looking at the closet door, terrified, and was pointing and trying to tell me something. This has continued. I started to wonder if the old woman who died in this condo may still be around. A little background on her. She was the only woman who died in that home and had a gay son, so she had no grandchildren. I dealt with this myself as a toddler. I had a woman who came out of the closet and stood by my crib, and I know I wasn't the only one to have seen her. I am not sensing anything abnormal or paranormal. I decided to invite the old woman to move on if it was her. I reassured her that the home and its members in it We're taking good care of the home and the adults and the baby. I did this three weeks ago after baby A showed up with superficial scratches. They were on the inside of her arm and looked like a bird's foot. There was a point with three lines fanning from it. I questioned my daughter and she did not know how she got it. She later had the same scratch marks on the side of her neck. A only slept through the first three nights after I invited the old lady to move on. Well, let me say all hell has broke loose since I invited the old lady to move on. I had a horrible nightmare that involved someone from beneath the earth's surface grabbing my lower legs and attempting to pull me under the surface. I woke up terrified. My husband asked me how I got the horrible bruises on my lower legs. I looked behind my legs, it looked like someone grabbed them. There were finger bruising and other bruises. It weirded me out. I appeared with some odd scratches inside my arms. Then my daughter, then Anna, with a perfectly straight superficial scratch between her eyebrows. As if that weren't bad enough, my other daughter, the youngest, now has started getting bruises. She and I live in the same house, and my other daughter with Anna lives across town. This last weekend my daughter showed up with the same bruising on her lower legs. I again asked the old lady to move on. Maybe not my best move. They started having issues with their hot water heater not working. After a plumber and electrician did some digging, they discovered the breaker was flipped not only inside, but also outside at the box for the whole condo complex. Nobody in that condo unit touched it, and nobody can just walk into my daughter's complex. They had the electric company out three times within 12 hours. Well, my daughter took on replacing the upper and lower heating elements with no results. The plumber came out yesterday and thought it was the upper and lower thermostat. He replaced them and still nothing. He thought it was the breakers. The electrician came out and discovered it was not the breakers, but frayed and arching wires that were no longer grounded. He could see there were charred marks on top of the hot water heater. The location of this is under the stairs to the second level, the only interior second floor escape. I discovered there was only one smoke detector on the upper level, located in the hall, The HW heater is under the doorway of Anna Room, basically at the landing at the top of the stairs. Her parents would not have been able to reach her safely, the electrician, and we are questioning how the electrical wires could have become burned. I now am worried that we are not dealing with the old lady, but maybe something else. We are now having stuff happening at both homes. I reside in southern Appalachia, nestled next to the scenic Pisgah and DuPont forests. In this picturesque region, I have become acquainted with a rather intriguing phenomenon. It's not something I can easily explain, but I often catch glimpses of shadow-like beings with dark faces. They stand about five and a half to six feet tall, peering around from behind trees. These sightings have become a regular occurrence in my life. At first, I attributed these encounters to the paranormal, as I can never seem to find them once they retreat behind the protective veil of foliage. Every day without fail, I spot at least three of these enigmatic figures. It's frustrating that I have never managed to capture a photograph in time, as they swiftly vanish from view. It's as if they possess a supernatural ability to conceal themselves. Curiously, after briefly revealing themselves to me, they occasionally peek back out from behind the tree to check if I have moved on. Despite their elusive nature, I have never felt threatened by their presence. We seem to coexist in a state of peaceful indifference. I go about my daily activities, paying them no mind, and they reciprocate by showing no signs of aggression or harm. I share this story in the hopes that someone may shed light on the nature of these mysterious beings. Perhaps there are others who have encountered similar phenomena or possess knowledge that can help unravel this enigma. If not, that's perfectly alright. Maybe someone will find amusement or intrigue in my account. After all, it's the peculiar mysteries that add flavor to our lives and spark the imagination. Rustler Peak, towering at six 205 feet, held secrets that were waiting to be unraveled. It was in this realm, specifically in section 10, that we stumbled upon a phenomenon that defied explanation twisted trees. Their contorted forms stood as silent witnesses to an unseen force that permeated the area, leaving us in awe of the mysteries that lay hidden within. But it was our most recent expedition that etched itself deep within our memories. We embarked on a thrilling mountain biking adventure, venturing north of Rustler Peak. The wind whispered through the trees, carrying with it an air of anticipation, Little did we know that the true essence of the unknown was lurking just around the corner. As we pedaled forward, a wave of putrid odor assaulted our senses, overpowering even the freshness of the mountain air. It was a stench unlike anything we had encountered before, a repugnant aroma that twisted our faces in disgust. The smell permeated the very essence of the landscape seeping into our souls and leaving an indelible mark. Curiosity mingled with apprehension as we explored further, following the trail of this peculiar scent. It was not the smell of decay or death, but rather something altogether inexplicable. The intensity grew with each passing moment, casting a shadow of unease over our adventurous spirits. The landscape shifted before our eyes, the atmosphere thick with an otherworldly presence. We were no longer just mountain bikers traversing the terrain. We had become explorers of the unknown, unraveling the enigma that surrounded us. The scent guided our path, leading us deeper into the heart of mystery. With every pedal stroke, our hearts raced, a mixture of exhilaration and trepidation coursing through our veins. The unseen force that had twisted the trees seemed to manifest itself in this inexplicable odor, pulling us further into its enigmatic embrace. We were on the cusp of something extraordinary, standing at the precipice of understanding, but alas, the answers eluded us. The source of the odor remained concealed, teasing us with its presence, yet refusing to reveal itself fully. We were left with a sense of awe and wonder, our minds buzzing with questions that would remain unanswered. Four years may have passed since that encounter, but the memories are as vivid as if they had happened yesterday. Rustler Peak, with its twisted trees and unexplained odors, continues to beckon to us a reminder that the world we inhabit is teeming with mysteries waiting to be discovered. As I reminisce about those moments, A spark of curiosity ignites within me, urging me to seek out new adventures, to delve deeper into the realms of the unknown. Rustler Peak has imprinted itself upon my soul, forever reminding me that there is more to this world than meets the eye, a tapestry of wonder and perplexity that begs to be explored. In 1981... An officer claims that he was on patrol with another officer. They received a call about something large in a wooded area of Sand Ridge State Forest. When they went to investigate, lo and behold, they saw what appeared to be a hair-covered man standing on two legs, watching them from about 200 feet away. The creature quickly ran off into the woods before either could get a good look at it but both stated it looked like something out of this world. The following is an excerpt from the witness report about what happened. As we pulled up, it walked on two legs until reaching a tree, then knelt down behind it, rose up back on two legs, and continued staring at us. Officer Odia got out of the car, rifle in hand. I got out, putting my spare revolver in my waistband pulling out my shotgun from its bracket under the dash. We both walked to the front of the cruiser, each taking a side, scanning for it. When Odia said loudly, there it is, I didn't see anything. So I shuddered where he told me where it was, behind a tree about 45 yards away, crouched down, watching us. He instructed me to stay back while he approached it for a better look. Odia stated that he watched as this thing kept looking left and right, making sure nobody else was coming. Once satisfied that they were alone, it began running back towards us. That's when I took my first shot at it with my 12 gauge. It was just beginning to rise up though. So all that happened was buckshot springing into the tree behind it. Odia then grabbed me, told me to follow him back to the car. Once we got back in the car, he told me we needed to leave now. It was very dark, but still light enough for us to see. This thing was hideous. Odia has since passed away. Before he died though, he wanted to come out and get the story. For all these years, I just never knew how or what the right time was. Most people have a hard time believing that policemen would not take into account shooting an unencrypted. However, when working with Odia, he claimed he would never shoot and kill a Bigfoot because they were simply too much paperwork. I live in Germany now, but the incident took place in southern Brazil, in the state of Paraná in 2021. A brief summary of how I ended up in this situation. In 2020, I discovered I had cancer. So I had surgery, chemo, etc. for a few months. I finished treatment in 2021. I was in the bath and felt something strange. The surgery site had ruptured after five months and was oozing pus and blood. I despaired. My father has a quarry with an open mine of about 120 meters in diameter and 20 meters deep. It is a place far from the city, about eight kilometers in the middle of the woods, and with some family farms nearby. Well, I loved the place and decided to go there to think about what to do. I was afraid to restart the treatment, afraid that maybe the cancer had come back with a vengeance. There is the place where the crushing plant used to be, exactly where the trucks unloaded to the grinder, to take advantage of the force of gravity. It is located on the slope of a ravine about 30-40 meters high, with an incredible view of the horizon. I parked my truck there and lay on top of it and watched the shooting stars. I don't know exactly how many hours later, but it should have been something like midnight. I hear footsteps slowly coming towards me. I was armed with a pistol, but I left it inside and I was in the back of the truck. All I had was a piece of wood lying there. At that time, I was scared of this being a criminal, as we had problems with thieves stealing machine parts and parts. But this individual came right from the side of the cliff, and it was impossible for anyone to walk up. I even went back to check it later. My second thought was that it was a jaguar. Because I had been lying down for a long time, whether I was a jaguar or a criminal, It might have thought that I had fallen asleep. As the steps got closer I deduced that it was already on my side. I looked without moving my head, and I didn't see anything that was the height of a person. So I jumped with a piece of wood and screamed, because it had to be an animal. Then I saw something I'd never seen anything like it before, and I get goosebumps just writing about it. It was a human figure, completely dark brown. It had no eyes, no mouth, and no ears. It looked like thick smoke. It walked very clumsily as if twisting. When I jumped it still hadn't finished climbing. I froze. It finished the climb. It passed by my side, about a meter away. When I jumped up and screamed it did absolutely nothing. It passed by me and followed the opposite path. I took to get there, left the road, and entered the forest. I retrieved the gun from inside the truck. It walked for a while, and came out again in the clearing. It started moving towards me. The night was very clear, with an almost full moon. When it got nearer as it came towards me, I started shooting. I shot ten times. I remembered that I still had twelve rounds, because when I arrived I fired a few shots. I landed all the shots as it approached. It didn't do anything. It didn't seem to hit anything. At that distance, I never missed. Then it stopped and went back into the bush. The rest of the night, it walked in a semicircle about 50 meters from me, into the woods, out on the clearing, and into the woods on the other side. When dawn came, it entered the forest and I could hear the footsteps in the distance. I grew up there, I know every inch of it. I'm 32 years old, my childhood and youth were spent walking around there, going into the forest. You've never seen anything like it. When I asked my father, he just said that it wasn't good to go there alone at night because, there's something strange. He had come that early morning because they were looking for me since I had left without warning and left my cell phone at home. He figured I would be there. So I live in North Carolina, in the kinda suburb-ish of a kinda small town. I came outside to smoke, and all the dogs started barking, and then all at once stopped. I was watching my neighbor through the trees bringing his dog in, and a black mass moved very quickly through the trees. Now I'm in my backyard and it's fully fenced in, and this thing looked like it was on my side of the fence, and it was fully black and almost round, like something hunched over, and it moved way too smoothly to be like a dog or deer. I'm just curious and mildly concerned lol, any ideas as to what this might have been? So I moved to East Tennessee about two years ago now, and the state is absolutely gorgeous. Waking up every morning to a beautiful sunrise, and going to sleep actually being able to see the stars is great, since I lived in a city before I came here. Anyways, ever since I moved here with my now husband, I've been having some odd encounters experiences with something here. Not really sure what it is, But here's a basic rundown of what it does. It scratches and knocks at the back door closest to the woods, mimics voices, freaks our cat out to the point to where he doesn't act like himself, scratches on the wall closest to our bed, thumps on the floor, and gives us terrible nightmares. We live in his childhood home, and he said that he's been dealing with this thing for a while now and to be very careful if I were to go up into the ridge by myself. I've been up there a few times and every time I did, I got a very uneasy feeling, like eyes on the back of your head or a predator watching you closely kind of thing. I think I was closest to it when we had to bury a few baby rabbits of ours that had passed away. It was dark and starting to rain, but I didn't want to just yeet them into the woods since I hand-fed them, and had a bond with them. Me and hubby were close to the tree line when I heard something pacing back and forth in it. I couldn't see it, but the leaves rustling and the presence alone told me what it was. I was spooked, but I kept digging since I wasn't just going to leave them in a shallow grave. Whatever it is never popped out, but sat pacing the whole time. No growls or anything, just movement. Any ideas on what it could be? I don't think it's a skinwalker or windigo, but maybe a demon. Anyone else have encounters with a being like this? I wasn't hunting BME, and a couple friends were walking through the woods at about 1am. I pointed my flashlight into the woods, and about 30 yards away, was a pair of green eyes reflecting back at us. We sat there for a minute discussing what it was and the whole time it just sat there frozen. We decided that whatever it was we should leave it alone so we started to turn around. As I swung the flashlight around there was another pair of eyes and another and another and another. I pointed the flashlight back to where the first pair of eyes was and in the few seconds that I had taken the light off of it, it had moved closer. At that point we each grabbed a large branch and high-tailed it in the other direction. I was walking down a trail to my stand one day, really dense scrub brush on both sides. On this particular day, I left my rifle mag at camp. So I had one in the chamber and the rest in my pack. As I'm walking, I start hearing movement off to my right, then to my left. First one, then two, then what sounded like six. I caught a glimpse of fur here and there, but had no clue what it was. I slowly stopped and realized that I had been surrounded. Right at that moment, a coyote stepped out into the road and our eyes met. I figured it was probably best if I started the conversation so I shouldered the rifle and leveled it on the coyote, hoping that one shot would scare them all. I think it was surprised by what it saw because the coyote let out a yip and turned tail and they all scattered. I was happy to not have to shoot it. I now carry my pistol with me too. I was out hunting, and I christened my Mawson with its first deer, so I was feeling good. Once the deer was dressed, I threw it in the back of my truck, because we butcher out at our farm. I sat down in my house, and had a beer when I started hearing all these shrill voices outside, and I figured it was right near my truck, so I tactically shit my pants, grabbed my nugget, and went outside expecting battle only to find a bunch of 10-year-old girls outside my truck looking in the bed. What? I find out that the neighbor's kids were having a slumber party, and my mom for some reason called my neighbor, and told them I had a deer in my truck, so they all came to behold the spectacle I guess.